Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. We have such an amazing and powerful conversation coming up. I'm so excited to have you listen to it. We have a great conversation with Valerie and her story, her her childhood, her growing up, her background, her struggles in, in life and her journey. And I'm just so excited for you to be able to tune into her uh, hearing this story as she pours out her heart and her true feelings and, and the raw emotions that she's facing. So we had a great opportunity to talk with Val. Uh, we Edgar and I went to Southern with her and, and her husband and um, we studied theology together. And so we've we've been able to see how she's grown. She's been able to see how we've grown and just to be able to see how God has led us all to this point has been so exciting and so thrilling. So I, I invite you to just tune in uh, open up your heart and and take in what what Val's going to share from her story about uh, the power uh, of the of the message that that we believe in, but also the the pain that the church can sometimes bring on its own. And so, listen with your hearts, and I hope that you're blessed and you're able to keep trending up as you continue to journey with us. Hey Trenders, welcome back to another episode of Trending Up. And we are super excited if you have been joining us from the beginning of this season, season two, uh, believe it or not. Uh, we have been on the journey to just have intimate and real and uh, I was about to say crucial conversations, but not that's not it. Just, just real conversations with individuals that are trending up. And today we have uh, just, a, we're, we're honored to have a, a great individual, uh, a friend of ours from back in the day and we'll get back into what that looks like but val thank you for coming valerie hernandez <laughs> <laughs> i always i always mess up on signomony 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 why do I, I always think there's an n after the g no signomony it's sigamony. i don't know why yeah, yeah. I always, when i spell it too i always want to put signomony but it's signomony so yeah, I feel like that's more complicated, signomony. It really is. That's why I, I can't say it sometimes because I think it's, it's actually pretty easy. Sigomony, yeah. Yeah. Valerie Hernandez, Sigomony. Thank you for coming on uh, and joining us. Uh, by the way, just a plug, she is one of the hosts, one of the co-hosts of Las Donas Hablan. So check them out on Instagram. They are doing great work there. We're very proud of them. And so, yeah, Val, thank you for joining us. Edgar, again, thank you for joining us. Just a quick check-in. How are you guys doing today? Uh, I'm doing good. Right. I uh, had a crazy night. Uh, first of all, Lakers, uh, La uh, Clippers lost. Um, <laughs> all right. And uh, yes, number two is uh, my son woke me up at like three in the morning. I feel my wife was being a warrior and doing a lot. Mm -hmm. And um, I was able to put him down after like an hour. So that was a good night. So yeah. overall, we're good. Um, Just like the Nuggets put the Clippers down last night. Let's yep, go. Yep, yep. Yeah, right. yeah there, there you go. There you go. Val, I wish how I are said you? that, but you how go for you it, doing? Val. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. I've been busy. I woke up early and went to go help out at the school today where I live. Mm. Um, so that was nice and been editing for Las Longas since. So. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And I'm doing well, too. As you can see behind me, I have uh, Kobe's shrine behind me with the lights pointed out, the two numbers. Uh, and I'm very happy because, yeah, last night, today's September 16, Wednesday, um, the Clippers lost in the... Western Conference semifinals. And so we're not going to talk about it. It's not a Lakers podcast, but we just want to express our joy, for lack of better words, mm. <laughs> at their demise. That sounds pretty bad, but if you would have known 
what we faced as Laker fans, it would have been you would have been jumping up and down as well last night. But mm. shout out to the Clippers fans. We're sorry. But uh, Laker Nation. All right. But now into the real conversation that we're here for. Val, thank you again for joining us. Um, as we've been talking about tr- uh, season two and going into kind of what we call what we've labeled trenders. Right. We want to just get into different people that are trending up in their walk with God and not just spiritually, but even around, you know, uh, relationally with those around them. Right. So before we get into what you're doing today and, and, and all that, Val, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, maybe where you were born and raised um, were you born and raised in the church? Did you come into the faith? You know, kind of what that looked like, and then we'll just go from there. Yeah. So I was born and raised in Los Angeles, California. Woo, woo. Yes. Go Lakers. Yeah, yes. go Lakers <laughs> and Dodgers and no shit. Yeah. Um, and the Clippers. Uh, <laughs> equal opportunities. Yes. Um, yeah, so I was born and raised in Los Angeles, California, uh, to my mom, who was 16 years old at the time when she had me. Um, so like my story is very connected to her story because, um, her, her, she was really impacted by what she went through when she was young. Um, especially with the church, uh, she became very bitter towards the church because, Mm. um, she got kicked out of the church that she was at. She was asked to write a letter and go in front of the church and apologize for her sin. Um, uh, premarital sex and mm. instead of embracing her they they really made her feel guilty she was also kicked out of her uh, academy wow. Wow. Um, so she had to go to public school after that um, so she finished her GED and then she went to go get uh, a vocational degree as a paralegal um, but mm. also my grandmother wow. who is very um, she's a religious woman of our mm-hmm. family that very strong religious woman of their family she also I, my mom got kicked out in several different ways, out of school, out of church, and out of her home, wow. um, and in wow. very shameful and embarrassing ways, like yeah. uh, she was left with nothing. So yeah, um, growing up, I knew this story. She wasn't ever hiding it. She wasn't shy about it. You know, she mm-hmm. let every, well, she didn't let everyone know, but she let me know, you know, like, this is where I come from, you know, like, this is the experience that I had. This is why me and your grandma don't get along. You know, this is why I don't go to church with you. Like, Mm -hmm. this is why all of these things. Um, and, uh, that really shaped the way that I saw church as well, because although my mom, um, you know, in the end she was able to succeed. Um, she, also went through a lot um mm. and we both experienced it together i don't know if you guys have ever watched grammar girls have you guys watched grammar girls no no, no. i've not heard of it but okay yeah i mean this is a for female <laughs> no, no 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 i no, remember I, mean... I remember growing up and and hearing about mm. it but i never watched it uh yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah well if you guys ever get the chance to watch at least the first season mm-hmm. um it's actually pretty interesting steven my husband likes it so yeah, yeah there you go there you go males can enjoy it as yeah, well yeah for sure amen <laughs> <laughs> but uh this so there's a similar story there where she's mm-hmm. also she gets pregnant at a young age she gets kicked out of her house blah, blah, blah. same kind of uh story and i guess it's a story that a lot of women have gone through especially yeah, yeah, uh, women yeah. that are in you know part of conservative circles um so when my mom was going through this, I too felt like I was growing up with her um, in some ways as well, because as much as my mother was trying to be a mother, she was a teenager as well. Um, and there was a struggle there. So she wow. was with my father for a long time, who was 10 years older than her. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I could see that there was a struggle as far as like, he wasn't the, he wasn't the best for her. Um, he was an alcoholic and he would beat her. Um, mm-hmm. And I knew, and it was weird. Like I felt like God, right. I don't know if, you know, like this is true or not, but I felt like God, like when I was born was like, I'm going to make her really responsible, you know, like <laughs> and I'm going to make her really like, you know, like good and bad follows the rules kind of baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, growing up, I would see these things happening. And for me, it was very much like, mommy, like, why are you with this guy? <laughs> like, right, even though right, he was right, my right. dad, you know, like, it's like, Bobby, like, why are you with this man? Um, and I would tell her, you know, like, you need to break up with him. Yeah. And as much as I love my dad, like, I knew that he wasn't a good thing for our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like, you know, my mom was my sister. We were allies together and we would fight this fight together. Um, so that's kind of, I would say, like, the the childhood experience that I had. It was very it was very mixture of like, I had, you know, like really good times where I was like going to the beach with my cousins and like yeah. hanging out, you know, like eating hot Cheetos right, and, right, right, yeah. and mangoes um, and hanging out the pool and, and, you know, like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also had these moments of like legit fear of like my father, like trying to commit suicide and like, mm. um, you know, like my trying to fight my father off of my mother. Wow. Um, so there was this, like, I was a child, but I was also going through really, um, hard experiences that I think that most children should not go through at all, right, you know, right, like right, right. at all. Um, and my relation to the church per se was this, like my mom knew it was a good thing for me to have religion in my life. Uh, she, mm. although she knew like, there would be some like schism, you know, maybe between her and I, mm-hmm. um, she knew that she wanted me to grow up with good values. Uh, she knew that she wanted me to not fall into the same, you know, route that she had taken. Right. Um, so she felt it was important that I went to private school. She felt it was important that I went to church with my grandma. Wow. Uh, but I kind of had one foot in one foot out because I wasn't having the same lived experiences that mm-hmm. some of the people um, in the Christian circles were going through, like, it was very different as far as like, you know, I wasn't growing up in a two person household with healthy, you know, things going on. It was, it was very different. So, um, I felt like God was a part of my life, but I didn't necessarily connect with the Christian community. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, just to, just to like comment, um, I, I, you know, thank you for sharing this because, um, even though, uh, people can find themselves like in a school environment or in a church environment, everybody has, uh, their, their growth and their development may, is, is different. And you can't just expect everybody to be just like you. Um, for example, I, I, my mom was also, uh, she had a baby outside of marriage with my older brother. And, um, so my mom really, gave me that experience of um, her experience of being kicked out of like her home and her country because that's what she led her to come to the, the, the United States back in the late 80s. Um, so I definitely understand. I, I think um, I, I think that uh, you had to grow up really quick, right? Right? Wow. I did. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. A lot of girl and, and, and that that line that along that right just just really sticks with me that you had to grow up along with your mom right you know being young and doing that and and take on roles that maybe that aren't supposed to be your role to take right and fulfill right. Um, and do that how was that you know in terms of 
I guess your your reaction then to, you know, I guess church and to community to your you know maybe your grandma your family, uh, what you said church she got kicked out of church family. Uh, the academy uh, that she went the, to. And the academy, right. What was your reaction then looking back? Because I'm sure it was kind of like, it was me, my mom, and my dad versus the world, right? Because they, they, they kind of don't want me. I don't know. I don't know if that was it, right? But kind of what was that, yeah. you know, growing up? How, what was your view of church or of the academy, of even your family? So the academy, I felt like in general, I, I, the, the cool thing was that most people liked my mom because... Mm-hmm. My mom was the young mom. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. everybody wanted her for field trips, you know, like everybody wanted her to hang out with the youth because she was also so like chill, you know, like because she's not very religious. Mm-hmm. Um, she wasn't like, oh, like, you know, don't do this, don't do that. So um, with my academy, I would say I didn't necessarily have any, you know, resentment or anything like that towards mm-hmm. it. I think my Hispanic, this Hispanic church that I was attending, it was a little bit harder um, I kind of didn't like the way that people viewed me. And to this day, I have a hard time with it because, I mean, of course, I'm seen as like this bastard child, right? right. And um, I'm thinking like people are, well, people will see me and they'll be like, oh, how's your mom? You know, like in this yeah, like yeah, condescending yeah, yeah. kind yeah. of way, you know, yeah. like mm-hmm. I'm like, she's fine. You know, like <laughs> what do you have to like, I don't really need you to check in on her. She's fine. Right, right, right. Um, and they would say certain things like, oh, you know, from the background you come from. And it's just like, uh, because people knew more, I guess, is the thing mm-hmm. that kind of upset me a little bit more about it because of the way that I was treated. Um, yeah. At the Academy, they didn't know enough about my mom's story because um, there were so many different churches that were a part of that yeah. Academy. And there was actually a lot of people that were not Adventists that were a part of that Academy or not even Christian. Um, there was different faith groups there. So, um, yeah, the Academy was fine. But the church was the one where I, I, I remember at one time I was talking with my youth group. And, um, we were talking about some of those issues and I would always have this perspective of like, you know, like we can't be doing things the way that it was done to my mother, you know, like wow, it was yeah, always yeah, yeah. From that basis of like, we, we can't repeat, you know, like, mm-hmm. because I know I see what's, you know, where my mom is now. And I hate that, you know, like, mm-hmm, I yeah. hate that she feels that way towards the church to this mm-hmm. day, you know, right, like right. I hate that. So, so did so, that. Oh, go, go for ahead. it. Go for it. No, yeah. So, so do you think that, and obviously, I guess well, this will be a question for later, but you can kind of touch on it. Too. Do you think that's driven your, because I think naturally this will ha- make you have to think outside of the box, right? If you want to come back into the church because you have an experience that maybe is not the norm for many people, you're automatically have to be like, hey guys, you're not, I'm in this situation. I know what this looks like. And when you act without even thinking about the other person, this is what, as you're saying, right? The hurt that's come upon, not just you, but your mom to this day. Um, so I'm sure that's made rather than a question. I think it's an observation. I think I'm sure that's made you to think <laughs> outside yeah. the box. Right. And as we'll, as we'll go into what you're doing now and, and more currently. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Ahead. So I, I just wanted, <laughs> you brought up, um, the idea. I know that I grew up in a Spanish church also in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And I remember that whenever someone would do something bad, la junta, right? The, right. you're going to get the, the board, right? And right. you're going to ready to bring down the hammer because yes. you have to send a message. So the idea of discipline um, mm-hmm. comes into mind as, you know, um, as a pastor, I, people in, in Anglo churches, I can speak, I've been pastoring five churches that are primarily English speaking American churches rather than an immigrant church. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that discipline isn't really exercised but in the Spanish culture, 
um, it's it's overdone. And and I think that uh, mm. discipline is is good as long as it as it's redemptive. And I know that yes, that's yeah. one of my um, my my mentors brought that up. So it wasn't redemptive in in the case of like your mom, right, Val? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely think that that is something that I wish would have been done. I, I don't think my mother had a relationship with very many church members. Mm. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, okay, go for it. Yeah, and like with with that, those who did approach her and the pastor at the time yeah. didn't yeah. have a relationship with her. Yeah. Um, uh, Approaching her Mercy. to say like, you need to go ask for forgiveness in front of the yeah, entire church. She was ridiculous. like, that's crazy. That's wild. Like, yeah. yeah, it is wild. I agree. It is wild. Why would I go? Nobody knows me or cares about me to that extent. Don't, they just, yes. They just want to keep. Don't it, you uh, think it's also misogyny? Right? Isn't it misogyny too? I I think opinion. so because there's so many other you know machismo in the Hispanic yeah. churches. Like yeah, for sure. there's so many men, and and there was this one man that would consistently I will never forget it consistently got baptized every year because <laughs> he was you know committing his sins whatever but like it's not year. like that was exercised with my mom and i think also because she was a child you know like mm. a, a young hispanic woman um that she was you know penalized in this way right, so right. and it, it was crazy is and and um is that that's probably one of the mo the times when you know, your mom needed the church the most, right, at that time. And I think that's 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 what sucks about how we run church so much is it, it's when it's looked as a, you know, if we want to call it a country club or a perfection club where you got to look a certain way and look perfect and play the part. When the people that actually need that community, that love, that that helped me get up from this. And, you know, I, I remember that was one of my pet peeves, too, you know, growing up. And you, when you mess up and someone comes and tells you, Hey, yo, you did a that was that was not good. And you're like, I know I messed up. I don't need you. To, you know what I'm saying? Like it's the worst. And I'm sure, you know, just through you know, the lens of society, through the lens of religion, through the lens of your family, your mom understood what had happened. And now, you know, and and what's sad is that this is a time where a single mother or I'm not sure what the what was going on with your with your your parents at that time, but um is it they're they're trying to figure out where many times I think so many people get forced or not forced, but pushed to commit uh to do an abortion out of the shame right and because first of all okay they might be okay with having the son daughter the child um, but they don't have the support or the community to back them up and at that point they're forced to then live with that as well at the end of it you know i committed uh, i did a, an abortion for a child that i wanted to keep but the shame was so great and it's just so sad that it's a, it's so many people have been hurt by the church um, when it should have been the place where they could have run to and where we should have been like, yo, yo come in, like, we're going to come together. You know, we have a couple nurses here. We're going to, you know, raise funds for some diapers yeah. and get formula for you. What yeah. do you need? Right. Rather than right. you got to go to the junta and we're going to, you got to go in front of the junta. You got to go to in front of all the ancianos, which are all men and yeah. say, why you, did you do this? And I remember, I mean, I've heard six stories of, yeah, I, I don't want to even go into that, but yeah, just, just how wrong that is. Right. So. Man, that's crazy. So, so how has um, you you gave us you know um, as we as we move forward, um, how has this affected like your experience with God? So tell us about mm. like where you're at today, like or how how your experience your journey's been. Right. Yeah. Sure. Um, so yeah, my journey has been an interesting one. Um, I think that at first it was kind of like a I don't want to say like a nominal Christianity. 
Um, I would say that it was just like an uninformed one because I didn't grow up in a Christian household. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know if you could hear the ring. <laughs> um, because I didn't grow up in that Christian household, mm -hmm. I... I had to learn a lot on my own, yeah, uh, yeah. which is actually very exciting. I, yeah, I enjoyed yeah. that part of my faith. Um, I like that I was, I discovered things when I was around my mom's age, you know, mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. um, and for me, that was just like a, a really cool part of my faith journey. And, yeah. and that happened from around 16 years old to my time when I first got there at Southern, which I was around 20, I think at the mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. Um, so I had like this, that, that was my, you know, like, I think most kids are being taught, you know, like all these things about Jesus around that right, time, right. right? Like when they're super young, but that was my really like growing experience of, of learning about faith. Mm -hmm. Um, and it wasn't always necessarily with, uh, a particular denomination. Um, I, I did attend, you know, like different denominational churches and, and they were a part of my faith experience. Um, but it was a very independent growth. Um, it was very much my mom. My mom even told me, uh, she told me, because I, I think I was around like 12. And I think most kids do this where they're like, I want to get baptized, you know, like yeah, around yeah, 12. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And my mom was like, no, you're not. You're not getting <laughs> baptized. Uh, and she was like, you have to wait till you're 18. Um, and then you can make your own decision. And uh, around 16 is actually when she allowed me to, because at that point I had gone through so many experiences in my life that she knew that I was making a, a cognitive decision, you know, like, yeah, yeah, of yeah. like, this is something that I want for my life. Like I have been living a certain way. Um, I had fallen into sin in different ways. Um, I had struggled with uh, relationships and then I found God. And I, and the reason the, the way that I found God was I had, <laughs> I was, I had like this new year's resolution with some friends, um, at the Rose, at the Rose bowl, at Rose parade. Uh, we were sleeping over the night. We had like this little pathfinder group, you know, like we would sleep over the night at the Rose parade and we would, uh, like have seats there and we would sell them and we would raise money that way. Cool. But anyways, I would go out with my friends that same night um, and we would, you know, like go drinking and stuff like that. Um, I wasn't very much of a drinker, but it was kind of just like, a, we're taking shots. And we were like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> so we were taking shots. Um, uh, and, uh, at that moment I had been in a relationship that wasn't progressing in the right direction. in my opinion, like I, I still had this very like black and white, like right and wrong kind of mentality. And I knew that I was in the wrong. So, um, I had decided at that moment, you know, like, yo, like I got to change my life. I'm going to give my life to Jesus. Um, and then by that, like, I, I, I just need to start reading the Bible. I don't know anything about it, you know, like, so I just grabbed this childhood Bible that I had in my house. Um, that was the only Bible that we had in there. And I started reading like uh, chapter by chapter. And, and I was really impressed by what I was seeing. And, and I really felt that the Holy Spirit was, was moving through my life at that moment. Um, but it, it never... I, I will say that I never knew what nobody discipled me per se. So I didn't necessarily have like direction. Um, I knew like I was reading the Bible and I was like, yo, this is good stuff. So I was trying to apply yeah, these right, things right. to my life. Yeah, yeah, and I was yeah, like sure. telling people about Jesus. Um, 
but I didn't know how to necessarily practice. I didn't know what was right, what was wrong, um, except for like a few kind of basic things. And then when I got to Southern is when I felt like I was enculturated, I would say, into Christianity and specifically into Adventism and uh, some of the niche things that come with Adventism. Um, it was both a positive and a negative experience because it was positive in the fact that I was learning so much about theology. I was learning about, you know, like the state of the dead and like, you know, like some of the other things uh, that we find in scripture that are really, really interesting. Um, but there was also negative things that I don't necessarily think were positive. I think it was kind of more pharisaical. Um, and the fact that like, you know, you got to add all of these things and um, not all of them were said, some of them were modeled. Um, and I tried to kind of fit in with that. Um, post that though, um, after leaving Southern is when I, I think I kind of stepped back again and was like, okay, who am I really, you know, like, am I this picture perfect Christian or am I this girl who has actually gone through all these lived experiences right, and right, right. has found Christ and how am I going to minister? So mm. I, that was a lot. I Yeah. So, you know, uh, it's interesting Val. like, um, you you bring up uh, personal experience, and we find this a theme. Um, we find this as a a theme in people who are still um, uh, practicing uh, Christians or active Christians that people have made a personal decision, and I think that that's really important to capitalize, and that really changed uh, your trajectory in life, right? If you didn't make that personal decision you would have um, just gone a different way. Um, in LA, you can go to different, uh, you know, possibilities. Yeah, yeah. And and, and last, um, I can really connect with, um, so I grew up in the church too. I grew up in Los Angeles. My parents moved to Arizona when I was 15. So I, my high school years were in Arizona. And um, I, I remember when I went to Southern, um, when I went to Southern, it, for me too, it was a lot of, learning. Um, I, I, I grew up in a, in a, in a household where my mother was an active church member, mm -hmm. uh, to a certain extent. Um, and my father wasn't, um, even mm -hmm. though he was baptized. So it was kind of a split home. So like, yeah. um, yeah. my dad was really absent. He was present, but absent spiritually. Um, and, um, when I went to Southern, I learned a lot. Um, I, so I had a good understanding of like the state of the dead and so forth, but I, I became very, um, I remember, <laughs> I came back home and I was uh, similar to like a Pharisee. So Pharisees, mm -hmm. you just mentioned it, Val, too, that Pharisees actually were a movement post-Babylon that they, um, so when the Jewish people went back to their home after being in Babylon, the Pharisee movement came out of wanting to be practical and not wanting to do bad. I mean, and that was me. That I wanted to be practical and Perfectly not do practical. bad things. Yeah. And... Um, I came back home and I was doing things. I was judgmental and I've really, you know, grown. And, and I think, like you mentioned, discipleship and mentoring, super important. Mm -hmm. But yet it was absent in my mm -hmm. growth and in my experience. And, and, you know, you just mentioned it in yours. Mm -hmm. yeah. No, that's great. Thank you, Val, for sharing that. It's nice. It's, it's, it's um, I didn't know. I mean, obviously, we all met at, at Southern Adventist University in Tennessee, um, um, but didn't know the, the, the backstory to you know, all that you experienced and went through. And I'm sure that's, I mean, to this day, as you were sharing, right, 
um, easy to kind of sweep it under the rug and just say, ah, whatever. But I feel like if you don't address it, you know, you start seeing things come up and you're like, where is that maybe anger, resentment, you know, fears, even in my own relationship with others coming from. So how has that maybe I'm just I'm just curious, how has that, you know, how, how, have you done how has that working out look like for you um, paired with like that coming to Jesus? You know, as you've grown, as you were sharing, right, and I'm sure we've all had this, like, you, you kind of have your come to Jesus in the moment. I think we all may have had it close to, you know, you were sharing and, and, and Cali, but I think close to, you know, Southern time when we're going to there for the first time. But I feel like we've also had little come to Jesus moments as it's gone from there, right? You know, where you're, you leave Southern, you're like, all right, well, what am I? You know, am I just this, right? Talk to me a little bit about that, right? As you, I'm sure you, you know, we you, you we finished graduate school. You get married, right, uh, to a wonderful man, a Laker fan. Yeah. So, Amen. Steven. Amen. Steven. Amen. Um, how does that, you know, pairing those two, right? You, you know, your continual growth in, in Jesus, but also dealing with with kind of the past and, and the present. What? How has that looked? Um, I don't know if that kind of makes any sense. Yeah. So okay. I th- I think that there are certain experiences that I have felt personally that have shaped the way that my faith is right now. Okay. And I would say that it's consistent. <laughs> not even consistently. Um, there's been two, I would say two different things. There's positive ones and negative ones. Okay. So there's positive experiences that I've had with amazing mentors. And yes, like you were saying, Edgar, mentors that have come into my life, that have spoken into me and that have led me to see that there is a beautiful way to practice this beautiful religion. Um, And that is usually these people have been women and Hispanic women. Let's go. Come on. Um, That, uh, (laughs) that were leading at some sort of ministry. So for Mm -hmm. me at Southern, when I connected with Gabby Profeta, the Phillips, she um, leads out the uh, uh, Adventist Muslim Friendship Association for um, the North American Division. And when I met her, she just, oh gosh, the way that she speaks about God is just so, so good. Um, If you ever get the chance to meet or speak with her, she just has a very unique perspective. Um, But she works with people outside of the church. So she works with Muslims. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I enjoyed about that, um, what got me like, really excited about that was that I was in a comfortable space of being not surrounded by Adventists. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, once I started working with her, I saw that there are so many beautiful things that I had learned from Southern that I could take to the world and take to my friendships with Muslims, my friendships with those that are part of different religions or are not practicing a religion. Um, And with her mentorship, um, I felt like I felt like I could find a space within our church. Um, another person that I met was Ingrid Slickers, who I met at Andrews, and she was working with Bethany Christian Services, working with unaccompanied refugee children. Um, and she was leading out in that area of, actually, she was she was she also um, made I think the childhood trauma center um, up there at Andrews. Um, so she's just an innovator. She's mm-hmm. just thinking about like, how can I do wow. ministry to this specific population in a different way and bring Adventists along? She, I, I just love how that's mm-hmm. the same thing with Gabby, like same that. thing yeah. with um, Ingrid. And then um, 
now I have had more mentors that are actually not a part of the Adventist church. Um, right now I, ha I have one, her name is Vanessa um, and she's working in Los Angeles and she's mm -hmm. working with Matthew 25, um, which is an organization that accompanies migrants. Um, wow. So yeah, just different people that I've been connecting with um, mm -hmm. that I have had the privilege of being with um, that have walked faith in a certain way right. that have exemplified that to me that has shaped the way that I do ministry as well, which I is usually the fact that like, I, I think to myself, I guess the way that I process things is kind of like, there's a lot of ministry to do outside of the church. Mm -hmm. How can we bring it Adventists along? You know, that's mm -hmm. kind of the way that I usually right, think right, of right. like, yo, there's so much to do out there. So many people feeling like they can't mm -hmm. be a part of the spaces of belonging that mm -hmm. we should be creating. How can we create those spaces of belonging? And right. usually that's like talking to people within the church to bring them along and, and uh, go out and do those right. things. Right. Um, so that's, that's, that's kind beautiful. of shaping. Another thing, though, and I would say the negative part was experiencing rejection from the church. Mm -hmm. um, and that is as a Hispanic woman not being able to get employment with the church um, mm -hmm. yeah. because yeah. of the small percentage of women that do get employment with our church. Um, so I think that that rejection and coupled with the excitement and the positivity mm -hmm. positivity of being able to work outside of the church structure right. has shaped the way that I do ministry and how wow. my faith looks like right now, because that's the way that that's wow. the only way that I've been able to freely operate mm -hmm. um, in my faith is that going outside of the system. So, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's powerful. Wow. That's beautiful wow. because though, though you had a delicate, relationship with the system right the church structure because of their rejection and denial or lack of opportunity it's beautiful that you haven't lost your faith and you've been able to like you said i love that idea right of drag of dragging <laughs> dragging of bringing adventists along with us right in this sometimes journey drag it, drag yeah sometimes <laughs> dragging hitting you know come on please just let's just go there's there's people out there um i love that yeah you know i i as as we um as we share these stories with uh our the audience our trenders um, I think you really bring up the importance of mentoring. I know that um, growing up in the church, um, my my I'm you know fourth generation Adventist. Um, uh, as a as a Mexican American, I, re I remember my uh, gr growth in the church and immigrant churches as well. Um, not having a mentor, um, always looking at the church as a way to reprimand um, my you know my wants like whatever, whatever it was. And I, I think that, um, the, your mentors, uh, modeled what it means to have experience with Christ and that really impacted your life. And for our audience, I think, um, if you haven't had a mentor, which I would say the majority haven't, like I think about my, the three churches that I serve, they're small little churches and mentoring is, um, I say this not to be critical, but mentoring is absent besides what my efforts now i don't know everything um, i could be wrong and i hope i am but um i can see how that's missing so our audience if you have um someone that you can ask to mentor or you are in the church and you're trying to see how you can make an impact mentor someone in the church and um not out of wanting to be better or i know more than you but of wanting to be a blessing to other people um and uh, and so forth so I, and the last thing is, um, you mentioned um, being adaptable, 
right? Especially as a woman in the Seventh-day Adventist church where primarily it's looked upon to, to be a pastor, right? I know, <laughs> but it, it shows people's um, ignorance. I don't want to go into like the employment of women in ministry and stuff, but people are really ignorant, um, especially when it comes to um, only thinking that a, a, mm-hmm. a, a male can be a pastor. But right. um, anyways, uh, adapting, as, it's yeah. really we, key in life. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. I kind of want to, I know you don't want to talk about, I mean, <laughs> I, not, not get into like, you know, obviously we, we all agree that women should be pastoring and yeah, are pastors absolutely. and are called to pastor as much as, as even probably more than some of us men. But uh, needless to say, Val, talk to us a little bit. I mean, for context, you know, for those that don't know you, Val finished theology just like Edgar and I yeah, did yeah, at Southern, just like Stephen did. Um, what was, what's, what's that journey been? And, and if you don't mind walking us through that as much as you want to share, right. Um, uh, and, and you can be as real as you want into what you do now. Right. And cause I feel like, I don't know, I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like in, in, in through that pain, right. And this might be kind of the, the lesson from this, and I don't know if it is for you, mm-hmm. but what right. I see from my lesson from, from seeing your journey, right. And, and, and obviously how God definitely, I, I, I strongly believe that God has called you to ministry Amen. and unfortunately mm-hmm. hasn't been in the way that, you know, we all uh, thought, but just in an, even, I feel like even in a more reachable and powerful way in the community, as you've been saying, right. So how's that, how's that journey been into leading to what you do kind of now, if you don't mind walk, if you're comfortable sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. Your question was, how was that experience of? Or, or just walk us through as much as you want from graduating Southern, right? With theology, with the expectation of going into pastoral ministry as a, as a pastor of a church, right? To what, what it is that you do now and how does that your faith interact with your work now? Does that make sense? Yeah. As much as you, I mean. Yeah, I I don't necessarily know if I reckoned with it really that much um, Mm -hmm. until recently. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the reason why I say that is because I got my master's right after that and it's something different. Right. So it was kind of like a new experience. Um, uh, And I think that that kind of distracted me enough in order for me to not think about like, hey, like I'm not doing what I thought I was supposed to be doing. Right, right. Um, But I don't think... I, I think that because, again, like kind of going back to that, like uh, my, con- not my conception, but where I came from, um, I think that I've always, I've always thought to myself, like, you know, if there isn't going to be a space that I will be invited to, I'll make my own space. Um, so that's something that I feel like I've always done. Although I do, I do think that kind of can be negative as well, too, because like, if I experience even an ounce of rejection, I'll be like, bye, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to make my own space. Right, right, right. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, right, right. It can be kind of a negative kind of mm-hmm, you know, yeah. uh, reaction yeah. versus a positive one. <laughs> <laughs> Join so, my space. My space is better than your space over there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sure. So um, going and working in different fields, mm-hmm. um, I think, has shaped the way that I minister as well. Um, you know, working with different uh, communities, usually more vulnerable communities, yeah. has definitely shaped like who I pay attention to. You know, like right, right. Uh, like I'm looking for these people more now, um, and which that's again like migrant communities, refugees, uh, unaccompanied mm-hmm. children, people like that. Um, but um, I think that once I th- once I got here to where I am right now in Florida, um, and then seeing my husband pastor. 
was the moment that I realized, oh shoot, I'm not gonna be doing it with him. You know, and here I am like, not just that in a pastoral spouse role, where mm. um, you know you get you do unpla- unpaid labor, uh, um, having that same skill, like right. you're like ah, like this is really hard. Yeah, um, for sure. Wow. To kind of just witness, um, and the thing is too, like you know, like nobody knows like what degree you have, what calling you have, like none of yeah, that. Sure. Really know. Um, they have to experience it. So it, it's been it's been a something that personally like pride honestly the pride in me mm-hmm. um, kind of had to like you know like go right, down right. And, you know like you're not getting paid for it but you still love to minister don't you mm-hmm. Valerie like right, don't right, you right. like are you just gonna give up because you're not getting paid like <laughs> right, right right yeah yeah so uh, that that was really difficult but but um, in that I did create my own spaces uh, with Wild Faith. Um, and and I think that that really helped me um, because there I was able to minister with women mm-hmm. and with ministering with women, um, I felt like I could still fulfill my role yeah. as a Good. minister. So, yeah, I, I think that it was, uh, although it was, it's harder now because yeah. I'm watching my husband do it. Um, I think that this year has been a little, at least the past few months has been maybe a little bit better. I still have that longing within my heart. Yeah, of like, yeah. I would love to get paid to just do this full time, you know, but, mm-hmm. uh, that's not my experience right now. And, mm-hmm. and I'm okay with that. I'm a little upset. I'll be real. Yeah. So, so oh. right. Well, my, my thing just off of that, right. How, you know, cause I'm sure there's a lot of people and there may be a couple, maybe not, who knows how many, but that are maybe in that same context, right, of saying, I'm not where I know I want to be or where I feel like I should be. How are you, and I know it's a vulnerable spot because it's where you are at. It's not like saying like, oh yeah, when I was there 20 years ago, you know, (laughs) but how are you, you know, any advice that you could give to someone that's in that boat? Maybe they're going through high school or maybe they're in college and they're not sure, you know, or they're, they've graduated and they're not in the field, right? What that they think that should be, or maybe they're 40 years in life. 50 years in and they're like, I don't feel fulfilled. What is your kind of your advice you would give to someone that feels similar to how you may be feeling right now? I know it's tough because you're in it, right? Um, yeah, I, I I do. Yeah, it is tough because I'm in it and I'm not out of it. So I can't like, right, but right. In, in some ways it is nice because I can at least empathize with people. Right, like yeah, this right. place sucks. It sucks to be here. <laughs> like, I cry about it. It's real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but I, I think that one thing that has encouraged me and that has honestly one, just don't give up, uh, keep your relationship mm. with God strong, understand and know that your value is not placed in the career that you have in the occupation wow. that you have, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that is not where your value comes yeah. from. And that's definitely where this one kind of struggles, um, mm. with fi- like, I'm not trying to keep my worth yeah. in Christ's hands and not in earthly thing what i do or, or where right. i'm employed yeah exactly so. because you know at any moment all, all of us could be unemployed some kind of massive thing could happen in the united right. states i mean covid i know a lot of exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right 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 like at the rate that things are going you know like yeah. um so that that would be yeah the first thing that i would say and then the second thing i would say is that you know our purpose um and our calling can be lived out right now right here wherever it is that we're at although like sometimes i think to myself like 
you know, like, oh, I need to be doing this or that. And we mm-hmm. have this grand lofty ideas for ourselves. Like it's, right. it's the small things we have to remember, you know, we have to be responsible with the small things mm-hmm. um, that God gives us. And that could be our neighbors, you know, like loving yeah, our neighbors. That's good. Um, that's good. That could be getting involved with some local organization here or mm-hmm. ministering at your local school. Like if you feel like you are called in a certain area, you don't have to necessarily like uh, yeah, as much as you would like to get paid in that. Like yeah. sometimes you just got to volunteer in it and mm-hmm. and you will be fulfilled because yeah. you are doing it. Um, mm-hmm. And you and you realize that it's not just in a certain way. But yeah, I love it. Thank you. Thank you know. You as we as we, we reflect on like what you've gone through and what you're going through, right? Um, I um, you you mentioned the idea of rejection. Uh, so how 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 are are you able to cope as you go forward um, with your previous you know your history, um, you know where your family came from and the church experience then and you know where you're at today now you know married. Um, living in Florida, which is opposite of LA, right? Um, how do you experience, um, how can you cope with even like today, like ex- rejection from the church of, uh, employment, employment opportunities are, you know, limited, but then the, there is a movement within our church, um, that is like promoting anti-women, right? In ministry. So how do you cope? Because I know many of our listeners, um, maybe have felt some rejection from the church. You're not, you know, we're not the first, nor are we the last. So how do you cope? Um, what, what words could you share with someone going through a similar experience? Yeah, this this is good because there are times, and honestly, sometimes I can't cope. Mm. I Sometimes I have a really hard time coping, yeah. and uh, praise God, I found a good therapist. Yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes I... It's just, and it's not my husband's responsibility either to be my therapist. So I, you know, like have to find um, spaces where I can really talk about some of the things that are very hurtful. Um, But I would say too, like, if you're feeling rejection from the church, um, oh man, how candid can I be? Say it. Go for it. Okay. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Go for it, yeah. Go for it. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, If you're feeling rejected by the church, I would just say F the church. You know, like, um, because they are not Jesus. Um, As much as, you know, like, the church is very human experience. We're all human beings, and we're not going to have the... We're not, 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 we're never going to always have positive experiences with the church. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. So it's really hard if you if you find your foundation in the approval of people. Oh, yeah, um, wow. yeah. And yeah, if you um, can, if it, if you, it's possible for you to try to to just find you know Christ uh, and His voice and His approval in your life, there like you I would yeah. say, uh, you know, go for it. Um, and, and sometimes you won't be able. Maybe it's hard for you. You know, like maybe. Um, you don't feel like you have that foundation. Um, but I, I would say like, you know, like start with the small book that can help you or a podcast, you know, this podcast, Mm -hmm. um, or something that can help you to, to realize like this, the rejection of people, um, although it's painful because we're humans and we love people and, and and Mm -hmm. people are supposed to be loving towards one another. Uh, that is what we're supposed to be doing. 
um, it's not always going to happen. So we have to be able to find our security with God. Um, so yeah. That's good. Thank you, Val. Yeah, I pre- we really appreciate your your vulnerability, your rawness, your realness in the midst of in the midst of this journey, in the midst of all that's going on. Um, and I just I we just want to affirm you, you know, that God has definitely called you, and though it may not look in the way that uh, we think it should, I, I think you are doing such you've you've been doing and are doing some great work um, in just all the the initiatives that you've taken on. I mean, I, I admire your work you did when you were at Andrews with uh, immigrants and refugees, and as you were working with. Uh, um, unaccompanied, is it right? Unaccompanied, unaccompanied minors. Unaccompanied minors. Okay, I just want to make sure I was saying the right. Yeah. So just the work that you've been able to do, and, and then also just, <laughs> I guess we'll just say, dragging church people along with you, right, to realize that there's more to life outside these four walls. Because if we're being honest, and I, and I have church members and youth that listen to my podcast, there are diet days and times, and I'm sure it's it's always thinking like grass is greener on the other side, right? Where you're like, man, I just wish I wasn't as tied down. Um, with church things that I would be more engaged with my community. I'm sure people in the church that that are awakened or woke to the needs of our community would agree in that to say, man, we do focus a lot so much in with what's in-house and not with necessarily what's out there. And so uh, obviously that's kind of the idea of like, you know, grass is greener on the other side and whatnot. But um, but thank you so much. Yeah. Thank yeah. You yeah th- thank you. Um, so, so tell us, give us your plug. Uh, tell us part of different ministries that you're part of. I know you have, oh, yeah. um, a, your company, a podcast, uh, let, we let our listeners know where they can come in, you know, in contact. Uh, contact with your ministries and yeah. your influence. So wild faith, uh, wild faith co is where you can follow us on Instagram. You can follow yeah. us on our, you can uh, sign up for our emails um but yeah so we have wealth and we're actually having a bible study soon well not a bible study we're actually having a conversation series uh for those who are on the fringes of faith um mm. that is based on the chosen series so um if you guys if if you're interested in being a part of something like that if yeah. you feel like you know you need to just uh somehow interact with god a little bit more and you yeah. don't feel like you're in the church then definitely join that's Amen. starting september 29th um okay. And then, and it's an eight-week uh, series, so awesome. Uh, yeah. And then with Las Doñas Hablan, um, it's for those who are part of the Latinx community. Um, if you have experienced, you know, church families that are Hispanic, or you are Hispanic yourself, um, or you're a part of the faith community, we have a little bit more of a cultural spin on some of the things, and it's a very unique niche uh, conversation that we have. Uh, yeah, and, I, and it's a really fun. I would say it's definitely like, yeah, a lot more fun, a lot more spice in that one. So <laughs> uh, yeah. either one of those, uh, join. I would love for to meet anybody. Awesome, awesome. awesome. Well, thank, thanks, Th- thanks for joining, and um... thanks Val, and thanks everyone else that tuned in. Obviously, um, Val has an incredible story. She's doing amazing things for the kingdom. Um, and so Val, again, we're super proud of you. I know it's tough days. Um, easy for us to say as male pastors employed by the church right but we just want to say that we affirm you we're envious of you at times too and i'm sure it's uh it can be but uh we're grateful for you and the ministry that Stephen, both of you are doing uh for the kingdom and so everyone else that's tuning in i hope you were inspired as much as we were you know to go out uh to think of those outside the four walls of our church and to bring our church people along with us as we minister and uh, to also realize the importance of empathy and sharing with others so as we do that as we take on these stories and learn from them we will continue to keep we will continue to trend up so thank you guys for tuning in we'll catch you on the other episode peace